I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I was going to say drink beer. <laughs> You're having a day, aren't you? I'm having I keep mixing <laughs> things up. And then I opened your notes instead of my notes because we share a Google Drive folder. Ay, ay, ay. And then I was like, what is this? It looks like another language because we structure our notes differently. We both have very different writing styles. Mine is very stream of consciousness. And yours is very much... Well, I use the outline that I created for us. Yeah, no, I I, I got the outline right here. I'm pointing Mm -hmm. to my head. Okay. I know it. (laughs) We should. We've done over 50... Well, no, we haven't done... That many episodes with the new outline. Remember in the beginning, we were just like... Wait, what's next? Blah, 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 Stranger Things, episode one. Oh. Let's tell you about it. Oh, my God. Sorry to whoever listens to those. It's kind of like... I was talking to my mom last night about how her grandmother used to remember recipes and just bake from memory, and I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I know the basic structure in my head. That's fair. Yeah. But I need to, like, bold it so I know when I'm talking. So like all of my notes like are bolded. So like the stuff that's not bolded, I don't need to talk. I don't need to say that. I just follow along. But when it's bolded, I know. Bah, it's my. I have to. I have to say ah, these things. Time to talk. Time to talk. So Christina, what are we doing today? There's no transition for this, really. Yeah. Um, I know that much is true because we're doing. I know this much is true. I keep rewording the name of this movie or TV show in my head. Good. This is like I know this to be true. I. <laughs> I know something's going to be true. I I know that there's a no and there's a true in it, but all all the other words, bet, all bets are off. Well, it makes sense that you would confuse the words because the app itself is confusing because it's on HBO Max. It not is. HBO Go, not HBO Now, HBO Max. HBO yeah. Go and HBO Now are dead. Done. The dead to me. <laughs> HBO Max might be soon too. No, HBO Max is still... HBO Max has Friends now. You can watch all your Friends episodes on HBO oh, Max. Oh, thank God. I watched it all on Netflix already. Well, you know what? Nick and I never finished watching all of Friends, so we, like, try to pick them. You know what is on HBO Max? What? Whose line is it anyway? Uh, but, so that it... Th- Wait. So does that mean that it's not on Netflix anymore? Because, like... Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, it was on one of the streaming platforms already. Was it? Yeah, are they just, like, rotating things? What they're doing is HBO is probably buying out these old shows from, like, different... What's the word I'm looking for? Programming channels? News channels? But they're already on. Like, these shows are already on streaming services. Yeah, but now they're no longer on those streaming services. Now they're exclusively on HBO Max. I wonder, I don't really know a whole lot about this, but I wonder how that works. I wonder how you decide, okay, like, my time is up with this, or I'm no longer interested in this. And then another streaming service just swoops it up. There's like a, I'm sure that they have a contract with the streaming services. Mm, So they contract them out, and yeah, when it expires, they're like, oh, HBO's going to give me more money? All right, sign me up. Yeah, well, let me just tell you, Despite the rumors, The Office ain't going anywhere. Like, there's always going to be a streaming platform that picks that up. 
I mean, it's gold. How many times do you rewatch The Office? Three. So far. You personally. <laughs> Me personally. But now there's all these, especially with the pandemic, there's all these uh, podcasts from people that are on The Office yeah. doing like a rewatch thing. So. Yeah. I just feel like it's not going anywhere. And all those rumors can just jump off a cliff because <laughs> there's no point. Christine has no time for your rumors. There's no time for your rumors about The Office. And when I went to go look at an apartment the other day, I went in the gym and they had The Office on and I was like, I want to live here now. <laughs> Doesn't take much. Just, I saw Some deep- real estate agent really, <laughs> really got you. They did a deep dive into my life. I saw Dwight Schrute and I was like, Dave. <gasps> he's like, oh God! <laughs> like he knew that immediately. I was like, I want to live here now. And he, but like he's more logical, and he's like, we could watch The Office anywhere. And I was like, yeah, but we could watch it here now, forever. <laughs> so this is my home now. <laughs> I live in this, this gym. This is where I reside. How how much is the rent to live in this gymnasium? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to put a deposit down for the dog? I would like the corner, <laughs> please. That is my preference. <laughs> Imagine going to that gym, just being Christina, being like, oh, hello. Hi, this is where I live now. Nice to meet you. Would you like to watch The Office? I will not be changing the channel, ever. Okay, well, this is a lot more comic relief for this episode than we got, and I know this much is true. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta, gotta give them something. A little buffer. Danielle and I did a terrible job picking shows for this month. It's very, it, it's been a bleak month. Danielle likes a lot of drama. Drama. And I gave in. Oh. I gave in to it. Oh, I'm sorry. I like a lot of drama. Yeah, you do. Every time I'm like, let's... Like, like you're not a dramatic person. I'm a dramatic person, but I like to watch comedy. I balance myself out. <laughs> I like to sit in the pits of despair. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done no comedies. This month, at all. no feel no, good. We want you to no. feel like crap this month. We had, and we also bit off a lot more than we can chew because late. We're recording this now. We have not. We have two more things to do in this month, and we have not finished them. They are big things. Oh, there's so many seasons. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. November I, November will not be like this. I cannot do. This we're again. doing Shit's Creek in I, November. I can't. I can't do this again. Then we're doing like television movies for the rest of the month. Oh my gosh! So, tell us about the awards. So this had a single award nomination at the Emmys, which it won. So it's one for one. Yeah, I was like, why did you say nomination? No, because it was, there was one win and one nomination. Oh, so 100%. Yeah. (laughs) 100% success rate. (laughs) So Mark Ruffalo won Outstanding Lead Actor in the Limited Series or TV Movie. Well, would you, we like to get into a conversation of who deserved it more, Hugh Jackman or Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo 100% deserved it more. I was literally, and I don't use that word lightly, going to say just that. In my highs, I mentioned... 15 minutes into this, there was no question in my mind that he won. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I could, so much happens in the first 15 minutes, but, so, like, there's no question in my mind 15 minutes in. Oh, he obviously won. He was able to play two characters, but when, and I was watching the, like, behind-the-scenes director's, like, conversation with the director... The way that he was able to portray the two characters, he's like a well-known actor. We know it's Mark Ruffalo, but for him to be able to portray two 
specific and different characters yeah. in that way was phenomenal. And just very different. Like, yeah. But also very the same because they're twins. Yeah. He did a great job. I wasn't thinking like, oh, that's Mark Ruffalo and then this is Mark Ruffalo. And then the director even said, I did my best. I wanted, I didn't want people to sit there and be like, oh, how are they splicing the two Mark Ruffalos together? Instead, we're watching it and just watching two characters and two brothers be together. Yeah, I didn't, um, I assumed that they had to do all of the scenes with him as Dominic and then all of the scenes again with him as Thomas. That They did mention that they filmed all the Dominic scenes first because he also put on a lot, of, a mm-hmm. decent amount of weight to play Thomas. That's what I was also trying to figure out. Did yes. he put on the weight before or after? He put it on after. So he played Dominic, wow. then Thomas. So. That's, wow. Yeah. Alright, so, this miniseries based on a book tells the story of Thomas and Dominic, who are twin brothers, born only six minutes apart, but in different years. One being on December 31st, the other on January 1st. While making the paper for this big coincidence, uh, the boys are about to see they'll be in the press for many other reasons brought on by Thomas's paranoid schizophrenia. Dominic learns what it's like to protect and be the primary provider for his brother, and the constant uphill battle of dealing with the unjust and sometimes vile issues of mental facilities. Dominic thinks maybe learning a little bit more about his family history will reveal the answers he needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, let's get into these characters. The first being Dominic Birdsey. It's told from his point of view, played by Mark Ruffalo. If we talked about Angela Abar last episode being, like, pushed down and pushed down and pushed down, I think Dominic Birdsey takes the cake. Yeah. Like, this man is pushed to his breaking point with the amount of crap that happens to him in this show. Dominic's mom dies. He lost his daughter mysteriously while she was a baby. His marriage fell apart. His girlfriend cheated on him, question mark? They never cleared that one up, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. He totaled he totaled his car. He fell off a roof. And then the grandfather he was named after... Is a uh, terrible person. Was a complete asshole. And who, like, cursed his family. So that's yeah. what we're dealing with here. Getting the, getting the E on this one. Um... All while he is trying to care for his twin brother who is suffering from uh, paranoid schizophrenia and he winds up cutting off his hand in a library and winds up in like a max security psychiatric hospital that he is, Dominic is literally fighting to get him out of. Yes, and also that's not where he used to, he's used to going. Yeah, he was in a different facility and he winds up in Hatch. With his little coffee shop. Ugh. So... Dominic's got a lot of issues. Also, as we mentioned, Mark Ruffalo plays Dominic and Thomas. Dominic and Thomas were both raised by their ma and Ray Birdsey, played by John Procasino. Uh, he is not their biological father and is very much a hard ass. Yes, we are getting the E on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, depicted in flashbacks as being su- abusive to both the kids and his wife. Uh, let's get into the positive people in this episode, or in this, uh, series. We have Lisa Sheffer, played by Rosie O'Donnell, who is the social worker on Thomas's case. She tells Dominic that social workers are not supposed to get involved with their patients, and she broke that cardinal rule when she met this family. She genuine, she genuinely cares about that hot-headed Sicilian. Doesn't she? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Then we have Dr. Patel, played by Archie Punjabi. This is the therap- This is Thomas's therapist at the hospital. And once she hears of Dominic, she knows that she needs to sh- counsel both brothers because they're both. There are two boys lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While you're looking, I really liked that analogy. I thought that was really well played and well described. Yes, I do agree with you as well. Sorry, I'm fighting with my phone over here. Another positive person in Dominic's life is his ex-wife, Dessa, played by Katherine Hahn. She and Dominic met in college at the Dial Tone Cafe, and she spent many years, they spent many years with each other um, until their marriage fell apart. She cares deeply for the family, and she does her best to be there for them and for Dominic. Important people to mention is Neerdra, played by Juliette Lewis, Joy, played by Imogen Potts, Leo, played by Rob Hubel, and Ralph Drinkwater, played by Michael Reyes. Reyes. I forgot that second syllable. What happens? So, Chrissy and I were just talking about this climax. (laughs) We'll get into it. This may have to be more of a conversation, because I feel like the climax is... Wait, so... Um... I think what's most interesting about this is that it happens by the time the sixth episode is airing. Like, by the time the theme music is playing in the last episode, it's done. But it's interesting that there's a whole another hour episode left. But it also makes sense because, like I said, within the first 15 minutes, the guy's chopping his hand off. Yeah. So we're starting at a high. Like, yeah. we're starting at a level 10. Like, some movies end where this started. Yeah, the first episode, if you, I'm sure you've watched it at this point if you're listening to this podcast, is like, like, wow, 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 what is happening? Wow. Also, oh, okay. No oh. comedies in October. It's a sad month, <laughs> let me tell you. So sad. So at the end of episode five, what finally happens is that Dominic is finally able to get Thomas out of Hatch, which is something that he is literally fighting for this whole series, like, very graphically, if you you have watched this. but And it's like, he's fighting for that, but then he's also fighting for his job, he's fighting for his life, because he gets hurt on the ladder and in the car, yeah. and he's fighting with his stepfather, and he's fighting with his feelings for his mother and his ex-wife, and he's fighting for some, did I say the job, the painting job? I yeah. I keep forgetting. And then he's just fighting with random people like the this, uh, in-law, the brother-in-law, and the um, the girlfriend for just no reason. Like, everything, everything is a battle. Everything, he, this is, if we want to talk about rock bottom, you keep thinking, oh, Dominic's at rock bottom. <laughs> nope, trap door, Dominic's again at rock, bo- rock bottom. Oh, no, 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 this is like some <laughs> Harry Potter, like, just dro- dropping farther and farther down the rabbit hole. If I were to compare this to anything... This is the book of Job. This is the book of Job in the Bible in, like, present day. You remember that? You remember Job? No. The Lord takes everything away I've from I've been him. watching too much Arrested Development, so when you said Job, oh, no, no, that's no, no, the no, first no, 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 thing. No. Illusions, Michael. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the book of Job, where God and the devil, like, make it better or something. I'm sorry if I have this wrong. It's been a while since I've read it. But basically, God's like, I could take everything away from this man, and he'll still have faith in me. And then at the end, it, like, confirmed it for me. I'm not going to say why. I'll go to the end later. But basically, like, God takes away Job's wife, his family. They all die a terrible death. And, like, Job never, like, 
he still like realizes that God is there. He doesn't like give up and say like, you know, F you God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe in you anymore. Like this reminded me of the book of Job. Like every bad thing is happening again. And then another, and then another. Yeah. It's bad. It is really bad. So let's, let's try to pick ourselves <laughs> up from there, shall we? So episode five, his brother is finally released from Hatch after Ralph Drinkwater tips off Dominic that the facility tried to cover up an abuse done to his brother. At this point, Dominic is no longer a mangled drunk mess, and he believes that he can take care of his brother. Thomas wants to go, as soon as he gets released from Hatch, he wants to go swimming in the falls, which is something he mentioned earlier in the season. Yeah, red flag, immediate red flag. Um, he said, buddy, we can't go. It's too cold. Uh, maybe in the summertime. Um, they go to sleep, they go home, and Dominic wakes up to finding Thomas not there. And he calls the police. They find him at the bottom of the falls under some rocks, and Thomas has passed away. Um, they have a funeral funeral for Thomas, and Dominic cannot take Ray. He loses it on him in the middle with everyone there because Ray wants to sit there and take the praise of what a good father he was. Meanwhile, you're getting flashbacks from Dominic of him locking Thomas in a cupboard because he was having a nice tea party with his ma and then the he locked Thomas in the cupboard. Dominic wasn't allowed to let him out and then he broke his arm's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please leave this in. Please, please, please. Because <laughs> I do that all the time. He, <laughs> he broke his wife's arm. Domestic violence is not funny. It's I, not, but... I'm very sorry. He broke his wife's arm. <laughs> I'm wheezing over here. All because they were having just a nice little tea party together. Oh, I'm sorry. Which, but it was an accident. It was it was an accident. That's what Ray quote, said. Quote, unquote. Um, also, Ray never visited Thomas while he was at Hatch, even though Thomas constantly asked for Ray. Shortly after that, Ray winds up in the... Shortly after the funeral, Ray winds up in the hospital. He had a massive heart attack, and Dominic finds out. Um, he had to do major bypass surgery. And while he is there, after much coaxing and remembering, it is revealed... Who the twins' real father is. Oh, that's where you're going to leave me. Okay. That's where I'm leaving So you. the one thing that I do want to add for Thomas's death, if I may. Yes, please. The one thing that uh, Dominic's narration says is that it's accidental. And as it's happening, they pan over to Thomas's shoes put side by side with the socks tucked in. Yeah. So it's clearly not accidental. Like, I think starting from the beginning when he chopped his hand off it was to atone for sin so if he's still in that mindset it, i assume as a viewer that he's now sacrificing his entire body for the well-being of america which was his initial argument in the beginning so i don't think that it's accidental i think that he kind of knew what he was trying to do at the very least like he knew that he was trying to make a sacrifice because mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been accidental. If it was accidental, the shoes would have, like, been, you know, all over the place. Like, or, or still on him. He wouldn't have taken them off and, like, tucked them in. Do we know if he, like, went from the top or if he went from, like, we don't know where he... It just looks too neat to be accidental. So, 
okay, let's unpack this. Yeah, because I'm thinking so multiple things. So to throw into that, I want to just add this little section in. If you remember when Dominic and Lisa met with Thomas, and Thomas said that there were healing properties in the water, and he wanted the water so that he could clean himself right. because he felt unclean, unclean after he cut his hand off. Right. So when I think about that, I think that he wanted to go into that water because he felt unclean. So because his shoes were there, I feel like his whole mentality was to go into the water because he felt unclean, not so much to sacrifice himself. It just looked weird because as he said it was accidental, that's when the shot went over to the shoes neatly placed. If I didn't see that shot, I probably would have thought, like, he only has one hand. How can he swim? You know what I Like, yeah. I, I think I get fatigued swimming with two hands and arms, right? So I can only imagine if I didn't have one hand how difficult it would be to, like, at least use them even just to doggy paddle, you know? I mean, I think that it's definitely left open-ended. And yeah. there are a lot of things in this show that are left very open-ended, which we will get into. <laughs> right. Um... Like, who killed Penny Drinkwater? They just like, oh, she went over the falls and she died. Oh, who who killed her there? Okay. Oh, Joy's just pregnant with someone's baby and we don't know whose it is? Yeah. Well, it ain't his. So, that was the only thing that I wanted to, while we were to going mention, through the climax. I think it's yeah. still very much like an open-ended thing. I think it's up for interpretation. So after Thomas dies, um, you spoke about the funeral service, so I won't talk about that. But he does reconcile with Ray after he finds out that Ray has a massive heart attack. L- like, literally stapled together from... I thought it looked like triple bypass surgery because my grandmother had that. I don't know if I... Not my mom's mom, but my dad's mother. Yeah. My grandma Phyllis. She had that, and then they gave her this heart pillow. And, like, those stitches are so sensitive. If you laugh, cough or sneeze too hard, they will pop out. Oh, God. Right, and you have to go right back to the hospital because I have to sew you back up because you're all open. Yeah. So, like, based on personal experience, so, like, naturally, my family's a circus and we're always <laughs> laughing. So, I have I have memories of going to Florida and my grandmother clutching this heart pillow. And she also used to smoke, like, three packs a day. So, she's wheezed laughing, trying to breathe, and she can't. And she's also trying not to pop a stitch. Oh, my God. So, just, so, and... and this, from what they said, I, they said, like, five art, like, all of his yeah, art. Yeah, they said that it was, like, massive, massive. So, that was worse than what my grandmother had, and that's what my grandmother went through. Yeah. With the stitches. So, but he, they start to reconcile, raise in um, therapy. Dominic, like, doesn't think he's going to go for it, but it goes surprisingly well, which, um, by the way, is what every kid wants, right? If you're, like, I remember my father had to go to, um... Where'd he go? It was like a nursing home, but like it, they also did like physical therapy. It's like therapy. a reha- rehab facility. Right. And like, you know, he, <laughs> he was there three times for one hip, the other hip, and then he tripped over the dog. Oh, yeah. He tripped over Picasso. He was, and he was a long, the dog was long. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> you sound like him. He tripped over the dog and popped a disc in his back. But like, oh, so every time he went, it was like. Okay, I have to graduate. Okay, I have to do the thing. So it was, you know, Ray having that kind of experience. Like, I have to get through this. I have to walk through this. 
that's like what you want. You don't mm-hmm. want him to hate it. But Dominic goes into it being negative because everything around him is negative. Yeah. But surprisingly, Ray takes well to like what's happening and decides to give Dominic the house. Mm-hmm. And Dominic doesn't want it because yeah. there's just like way too many things that have happened and there's too many memories there. I mean, he also read his grandfather's story about it and he's not real right. keen on Domenico Tempesta. Right. Well, Domenico's like, she'll love me once she sees my home. And I was like, mm, I'm pretty mm, sure that's I don't think not. that, that's the same mentality of guys that buy Lamborghinis. She'll love me for my car. <laughs> All right. How about she loves you because... Yeah, because you are a kind and genuine person. Not the medical, I'll tell you that. So, they're having this conversation at lunch at the nursing home, and Ray really likes it, but Dominic keeps going to visit him, and all that is working out, like, really well, which I was relieved. I was like, if you kill Ray, too, this man has nothing left. Yeah. So I was kind of glad they left Ray there. Mm Mm-hmm. So then... Ray tells him who his father is. Yes. And it is Henry Drinkwater, and in the flashbacks, or from the, um... The story. The transcribed diaries is what I wrote down. Um, there was a man that the grandmother was playing with as a child, but was no, kicked the, out. No, the, mo- the mother, not the grandmother. The mother. The yeah. mother. Um, was playing with as a child and got, um, kicked out of the... He got kicked out of the house, but then I guess they ended up getting older. She had, um, she slept with him. She ran away from her father because her father would have killed her if she knew that she was pregnant. Henry went off to war and ended up dying, I think, in Korea? Yes, it was Korea. Okay. And then he finds out, now Dominic is having this realization that that was his father, so he's cousins with the Drinkwater twins. Well, Ralph is the one that's alive. Yeah. Um, so Dominic reconciles and thanks Ralph. They end on good terms. And the last piece that's narrated over Dominic begins through a montage of events, if you will, of him kind of putting his life back together, starting with him painting the house Mm -hmm. and fixing it up because he agreed to do that and sell it for Ray. I'm not a smart man particularly, but one day at last, at long last, I stumbled from the dark woods of my own and my family and my country past holding in my hands these truths, that love grows from forgiveness, that from destruction comes renovation, and that the end, the, I'm sorry, and that the evidence of God exists in our connections to one another. This much, at least I figured out, I know this much is true. We see him in a scene that we assume he has uh, reconciled or is back together or is at the very least friends with Dessa, who is volunteering still in the infantry section of the hospital. So, I... Did I miss anything? No, you did You did a very good job. But I got very confused by the end of this because he is with... De- so, Dessa is uh, volunteering at the hospital in the, the baby section. And he's helping her. I had a thought. I was like, is that his baby? Or is that Joy's baby? Because they left Joy's storyline just very open-ended. I don't think that went well for anybody. Yeah, um, uh, but the same way that, like, Ray was like, I was their father, I stepped up, I was their father, no questions asked. And I think that Dominic started to appreciate Ray for that, the more he thought about it. So I got a thought in my head is that maybe him going to Joy's baby to... I don't think so. ...raise it? I th- To me, I left it open because I wasn't sure, but to me it seems like... They were either, like, trying it again. They were trying to, like... Because they kind of reconciled. He apologized yeah. for everything. So, to me, it was kind of like them 
excuse me, maybe starting off on a new, a new leaf. Yeah. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. Are you ready to go into the reviews? Yes. Okay, because I have I have two. Ooh, okay, you can go first then. Okay, so IMDb gave it an 8.2 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 74%, and the audience gave it an 89%. It was... A lot of things were high. I had to dig a little bit. Okay. But I need I need to, like, explain myself here. One review is a 1 out of 10, mm-hmm. and the other one is a 9 out of 10. Okay. The 1 out of 10 is from a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. The 9 out of 10 is from somebody who works... In a mental institution. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to read the 1 out of 10 first, titled, A Real Paranoid Schizophrenic Here. I've had a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia for 20 years. When I spent time in the hospital, I knew others with the same diagnosis, and over the years I met a few more. None of us are like the Ruffalo depiction, except that we're pretty much all overweight due to antipsychotic medication. So that's where that came from. Mm Mm-hmm. I only made it halfway through the first episode, but looking at other negative reviews, the problems I had with this continue throughout the series. We have someone seemingly incapable of intelligent thought, brandishing a large knife, and scarring librarians and children. A real dumb psycho. Yeah, thanks for this, Ruffalo and Co. The realistic anti-psychotic fatness something Ruffalo obviously worked at is totally undermined by the fact that if this guy were on medication, then he wouldn't be trying to mutilate himself in the library while screaming incoherently. In fact, he most probably wouldn't be doing anything of this sort off his meds either. I've never met a schizophrenic like this. Okay, it's Hollywood fiction, but schizophrenia is totally under represented in a media world full of depressive, bipolars, OCD people, etc. A monochrome of research would have been nice prior to creating this monster of a lead character. Wow, she really gave it to them. Or he, I don't know. He or she, sorry. Um, so that was the... The one out of ten. One. The nine out of ten, because I saw a lot of good reviews. I had to yeah. dig deep. Everything was like a seven out of ten or higher. Same. Um, nine out of ten, much needed. Greetings, all. As someone who works in the mental health field, including time spent working with schizophrenic populations, I can tell you that the trials and tribulations that affect this population and their caregivers is a story that needs telling. Not only does the series address some of the realities, but does so with integrity. It's not always easy to watch, but I'm hoping that the series sheds some attention here. I appreciate that Mr. Ruffalo has not fallen prey to making a quick dollar doing simple entertainment, like so many of his peers, and shows an interest in tackling stories in our culture that need telling. We need more intelligent storytelling, and this fits the bill. Thank you. So two very different... Two very different. Yeah, and also two very different types of people that are involved in this, um, I want to say community or type of community. Yeah. 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 What do you got? So I found a two-star review. And I don't... It doesn't go so much into the communities that were discussed in this show. But it's more... It echoes what we were talking about earlier. Okay. This starts out, binge-worthy, this is not. Doom and gloom. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. If it weren't for the need... For someone to portray troubled souls on screen, Ruffalo would never work. This episodic drama is draining. Ruffalo spends most of his time screaming at the camera, as in most of his movies. (laughs) And if this alone weren't bad enough, 
Many of the associated characters and extras are also broken, down-on-their-luck, life-draining saps, helping to turn away even the most interested observer. We just finished the second episode, oh so God. this person hasn't even gotten into this character. Like, well, she didn't even meet the grandfather at this point if she's only on the second oh, episode. Oh, right, you're right. And now need to take a break to regroup, which is how I felt watch- binge-watching this. Warning. If you are on warning, warning. <laughs> the edge in life, this may push you over into despair. And Ruffalo, a bit of advice from a longtime viewer. Not every scene... <laughs> oh no. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Not every scene requires a 10 on the crazy method scale. Dark waters, spotlight, sacred heart, screaming, screaming, screaming. Less is more. <laughs> Which I think... I like my Ruffalo. I do too. And well, I guess this is a great segue into our highs and lows because we we started to discuss it anyway. But I will say, let me go, let me just say what my low is. My low, which I told you the other day when we were FaceTiming, there is not enough comic relief in this movie, in this limited series. Rosie says two funny things. Maybe you laugh at Juliet Lewis and then you're done. There is no laughing in this show. And there needed to be a little bit more comic relief. Just a, an ounce. An ounce of comic relief. Or the Leo says a funny thing. Like, yeah. oh, yep, that guy's getting a nice car. All right, let's roll. Like, haha. Okay, great. Not enough. Not enough comic relief. Oh, my one low is what happened to the girlfriend. Because what happened to the girlfriend? I'm like, I, I just, I needed that, I needed that to be closed because that was clearly just like a big albatross of the entire movie. Like, I don't understand why he's with her. I don't understand why he's staying with her. He knows that she's cheating on him and he's cut everybody else off. So why not cut this person off too? I don't understand. Or at least reveal who she was cheating on him with. I know. They just left it open. I know. She didn't even admit it. You know what it what you know what you know what is interesting uh, because we're watching Ozark later on. I watched the first episode, the pilot of Ozark, and I was like, all my answers for I know this much is true have been answered in Ozark. Yeah, if we want, if we <laughs> want to talk later, if we want to talk about cheating, we will get into Ooh, this later right. the, that this month. But I'm just I'm just saying like, I needed I needed to know what happened to her. I needed that clean break. I Otherwise, agree. is she gonna come back and just be annoying? Because I mean, I shouldn't say that. She she you know I I feel like. That whole relationship was just built on miscommunication and misunderstanding. And, you know, I think a lot of it was his fault because he just didn't want to own up to anything that he did. But she also didn't want him to take care of his family. Yeah. So that's just like a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. But, like, if he had communicated it with her from the beginning and then also, like, didn't say, like, well, I'm taking care of my brother. Nah. Like, I think it would have gone over a Which is exactly how Mark Ruffalo said it. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but, you know, almost verbatim. So there was that. I don't know if this is good or bad, but episode four was the, I couldn't, I don't know how I got through that episode. I think episode four was the worst episode to get through. Which one was episode four? That was the one where he's reflecting on all the events that led up to the hospitalization. So when he's like, they find out that they're not going to be living together in the beginning. It starts there. Oh, is that... He tackles him to the floor. He puts him in a chokehold because he's using the butter knife on the table, which is kind of like foreshadowing because he's cutting the same way as he did with his hands. Yeah. That whole episode, I was like, oh, is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is that the one where he falls off the roof? 
I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was is, a lot happening. Is that when episode. he is in the hospital and he's tripping on... I think so. Yes. Yes. Because when he... Th- the I could not... I was, like, audibly yelling at the television and, like, oh, I can't watch, I can't watch, when he, like, rips the catheter out. Oh, I know. And yeah. he steps on the mangled foot. Oh, my God. So bad. So bad. Well, that's how I knew it was a, a hallucination because if he tore his foot the way that they said... Ain't no way, way he's putting pressure on yeah, that. Yeah, somebody who's ripped every ligament in their ankle, that's not happening. Yeah, no. It was... I tried it. I felt like I was a car... You know, like, cartoon characters, how they walk on clouds? Yeah. And then when they look down, they go... They look back at the camera, they break the fourth wall, and then they just go... Phoom. Yeah. That's what happened to me when I put all my weight <laughs> on my foot. Um, and the other high I had was, like, I continuously compared this to the book of Job. Okay. Right. And so, at the end... When he, he kind of has, like, this realization where they start to mention God, even though his brother has, like, a whole different version of God and, like, yeah. taking it verbatim and literally cutting off his hand to save America. Yeah. Just America. Just America. Not all of the world. Just America. Yeah. So, I think, what is it? He says, like, um, I know that God exists in our connections to one another. So, like, even after all of the, these terrible things that have happened, he still has, like, some sort of... Not, he doesn't talk a whole lot about faith. I didn't feel like faith was shoved down my throat no, watching this. Definitely but not. he's having, like, all these, like, recollections, these um, reconciliations with the people in his life that he's done dirty, that have done him dirty. Um, and it kind of just, like, at you know, at the end of the book of Job, he still realizes that God is there and, like, you know, has his back. So I, I, I felt like that... There were some parallels with that. So for my biblical people out there, this is like the Mark of Job. My high was they they did a really good job at the attention to detail. Yeah. Like, so Mark Ruffalo's character is a painter. And you see him driving this truck. He has paint in his nails in I, one scene. Yes. And then, like, the next scene, it's uh, Thomas talking about how... The paint has like something bad in it, like oh, the government, like yeah. radioactive properties, and it's killing Dominic. It's like th- they he mentioned that you see the paint in his nails. It they do a really good job of the consistency yeah. there. Not so much of like like I mentioned earlier. Do we know who killed Penny Drinkwater? It's just she fell over the the river. I don't know if I don't know. I really don't. Well, I don't know. I don't think it was her father, but. No. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but I, I remember thinking to myself, the same thing that you mentioned, you just reminded me of it, the, when he's sitting in the car and like holding yes. his head. Yeah. And you see the paint. Yeah. yeah. Great, great attention to detail. Um, yeah, I thought that it was really good. Snack, Snack break. break. Did you eat anything? I watched this. It took me a little bit to watch this because... I would have to, like, pause it a lot because I would just be, like, do, it's, they're long episodes. It may only be six episodes, six episodes, but they were long. It was, like, seven hours because some of the episodes were, like, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, my suggestion for watching this is popcorn. Same. Just because it's heavy stuff and some things get really gross, like we mentioned. You need something that's not going to upset your stomach. I said popcorn because one of the other reviews that I didn't, this is like a, um, what do you call it? Honorable mention. <laughs> um, said like, like don't do anything, just watch this as if it were a movie and make yourself some popcorn. So I thought to myself, yeah. But I really thought that I was going to bang this out 
No, no. Like my expectation as I'm transitioning was two things. I didn't expect Mark Ruffalo to play both characters. I didn't know. I didn't really know. You didn't know that? No, I I didn't recognize it until like a few minutes in. I was like, is that Ruffalo? Is that also Ruffalo? Are they Ruffalos? (laughs) Right? I had that conversation in my brain. But I also expected to bang this out. It was like six episodes. Let's. I banged out the spy. Yeah. I don't know how I got through it, but I banged out the spy. Could not. Yeah. Bang this out. I think maybe because the spy had a little bit more comic relief. Um, he was slick. He was cunning. I wanted to see how he was going to get through. This was like, is he going to get through? I guess it's only episode three. Binge worthy. This is not. No, it's just. I mean, it's good. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was good. I did too. But I and it's I heavy. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy. I I never really say that. I never really say like I can't get through something. Yeah. But this was this was not. I mean, I was not comfortable binging this. I'll say at least that. Yeah. You know what's funny? So my mom told me that she watched it, and she just told me she watched episode one. Oh boy. And I watched episode one. And she's like, yeah, you know, I just never picked it back up. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I watch episode one. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, For sure. I thought it was, there was going to be, I knew that Ruffalo played two characters. I thought there was going to be a lot more Thomas than there was. Because it was really told um, from Dominic's perspective. Yes. We don't see Thomas in Hatch. We really don't know anything from his perspective. But can I also say, we don't know, we know that it was likely that Thomas got molested. I'm just going to say molested. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get the E anyway, but I don't want to say. Yeah. Um, we didn't even see that. No. And we're still uncomfortable. Yeah. With the way that, like, that's how I think the acting was so good. Because I didn't even see the things that they were talking about. And sometimes I watch movies and I was like, oh, you're going to molest her? Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not buying, I bought everything that was sold to me. Yeah. In this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there wasn't a lot of Thomas. You're yeah. Right. I mean, they did a whole episode about Domenico, but they couldn't do a whole episode about Thomas. I feel like, I feel like they did a whole episode about Domenico because Dominic is trying to find out who this person is, one. And two, I think he's looking to see what his family is like. And three, I think they're trying to see if there's any parallels between these two people. I'll also say four, he's trying to figure out who his father is. Because he grew, I mean, he had Ray, but he never, he still calls him Ray and maybe Pop every once in a while. But he never really had that father figure, so he is still left with this big question mark of who he is, who his family is. Right. So I understand the whole trying to find that, but once he finds it, he's like, whoops. Yeah. But I... I, mean, I like when Juliette Lewis, like, your father is Mussolini. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a piece of comic relief, but... The one piece of comic relief that I think you already mentioned that I use as my IRL moment. You and your hot Sicilian blood, it's not really working right now. I mean, yeah. I'm half Sicilian. Rosie did come in with a good, a few good lines. I didn't recognize her at first. Can I just say that? Really? I was like, who is this voice? Is this voice from Tarzan? That's what I was. (laughs) I thought too. (laughs) That's where I went first. I was like, why does this sound so familiar? I on it. She's been buried for so long. She hasn't done anything. She hasn't done anything. Let me tell you. This is the best I've ever seen her. Same. I don't think nothing that she's ever done before this compares to this. 
And she was only a supporting role. Yeah. I thought she was fantastic. I, I really do. I did too. Two things. Mm. One, I watched the first episode of, of this on October 1st. I turned this on October 1st, and the first scene when Thomas is in the library takes place on October, October 1st, 1991, oh, 1990. God. And I was like, do 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 So that was one IRL moment. But the second IRL moment that I have, mm. Dominic is reading Dominico's story, and he gets so frustrated that he throws it out. And what does he do? He goes into, like, a couple days later, he goes into the, the trash. trash to dig it out. What does that remind me of, Christina? A Christmas Eve, not too long ago, where someone threw out your mother's silverware. Oh, no. <laughs> and we had to go digging through the trash. It's, so my mom has Lennox, and it's like a discontinued line. They'll never make it again. And somebody, I'm not going to say who, was we like, we'll just buy another one. And then everybody else there who owns Lennox, they're like, they don't make another one. So the amount of Christmas Eves where your mother makes us count the silverware, yeah, no, you have, have to, count, to count it. But someone threw away uh, the, the appetizer fork. It was. It was something, it was a small one, yeah. And I was yelling, and your mom is, like, so pissed off. She's digging through fish guts in the garbage. Oh, yeah. And my mom and I are somewhere else looking at another thing of garbage. We were, the whole house was just digging through garbage. So as soon as he started digging through garbage, I just thought <laughs> of that Christmas Eve. I thought you were going to say a receipt. I've done that before. What? Digging through the trash for receipts. No. I don't need this. Yes, I do. I know. It's just, it's the silverware. It's the, the Mastroni silverware. How dare you throw that out? Well, we found some comic relief yeah. on our end for this. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. We're going to wrap this up because we are coming to a close. So thank you all for listening. Check out I Know This Much Is True. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. You can email us at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Check out the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer and the blog beer coffee donuts and you can find us at hey it's two girls on instagram and twitter i'm on twitter at classic stina and instagram and danielle's on instagram at danielle kobianki i did actually find my twitter ah are you gonna use it no okay <laughs> oh. all right everyone enjoy the rest of your week bye What's up?